I would like to state for the record that I have never, ever eaten a piece of fruit. Not for any political reason. Uh, I'm just opposed to putting anything even remotely healthy into my body. You may call me stupid for that, and you'd be right, but you know what's even more stupid? Let me quote our stunning and brilliant Vice President Kamala Harris, and sadly, no audio in this, so I can't make a veep thoughts out of it. Quote, this sounds quaint, and I'm so reluctant to say it, but you know, I didn't eat a grape until I was in my 20s. Like, literally, had never had a grape. I remember the first time I had a grape. This is real, by the way. I'm not making this up. I remember the first time I had a grape. I went, wow, this is quite tasty. It was just so absolutely ingrained, so deeply in me. Never cross a picket line. That's why she wasn't eating grapes. Never cross a picket line. What does that mean exactly? What does that have to do with eating grapes? Let me give you a quick explainer. The United Farm Workers Union led a boycott on grapes in California from 1984 to 2000. And for those keeping track at home, that would have been from right before Kamala's 20th birthday until she turned 36. So we can add that to the list of easily discernible and fact-checkable lies from Kamala Harris. Now that's a pretty lengthy list, honestly, at this point. So we'll position it right above the I smoked pot in college in 1986 while listening to Snoop Dogg, despite the fact that Snoop Dogg's debut album, Doggy Style, didn't release until 1993. So she couldn't have been listening to Snoop Dogg when she... <sighs> it's actually kind of incredible that we've gone from Bill Clinton lying about not inhaling marijuana to Kamala Harris lying about definitely inhaling marijuana in just a few administrations. The times, they are changing fast. But Kamala's impressive bullcrappery aside, who the hell brags about unions controlling their lives to the point that they can't eat fruit? I can't imagine her primary care physician saying, yeah, oh, fruit, sure, it's excellent for your health, but please avoid it due to California politics. Though I will say Kamala seems like the kind of person who would avoid professional medical advice in favor of magic crystals and some weird combination of essential oils. I don't know. We'll have to check that one out. Uh, congratulations, though, Madam Vice President, on another sad lie from a sad life shaped entirely by a sad, failing state. Stay tuned for next week's reveal that Kamala Harris slept with the lead singer of the California Raisins in an effort to lobby them to her grape boycott cause. Because on the left, who better to select for leadership than a wrinkled old version of what we need in the first place? Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is where you can subscribe to, subscribe to Blaze TV. You can use the promo code Stu. If you'd like to save 10 bucks, I mean, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to do that? If you're on YouTube, well, you're saying, I already get it for free. Well, you do get it for free. We'd appreciate it if you at least like the video right now. That helps us out and drive uh, some algorithmic engagement comments below. We appreciate that as well. Dan Andrus is going to join us today to talk about the racism of environmentalism. We'll hit you up with yet another edition of Biden's newest low. Yes, that's still happening, despite how much momentum he supposedly has. But we start by doing Biden's Labor Day assault. What do you mean, Labor Day assault? Well, it was an assault on logic. It was an assault on intelligence. It was an assault on the constitutional republic public we claim to have. I don't know if we have it anymore, but that's what we claim to have. He went out and he did this thing. We, you know, we're kind of branching all this together. But we had the, the fires of hell 
speech in front of uh, uh, the, the building that was lit up in black and red, and it was the terrifying fascist visuals behind him. And that led into this weekend where he tried to support what he was talking about, and he's bringing this all around the country because this is essentially their plan. Their plan here is to make this election about MAGA Republicans, about Donald Trump, who is, by the way, I don't know if anybody knows this. Has anyone checked? Not on the ballot in any state, not running for office anywhere. He's just a citizen like you and me. But apparently uh, we're going to make this entire election about Donald Trump. Now, I don't want to. Uh, Donald Trump is really good at defending himself. Has anyone ever seen him? I mean, he goes on. He's on stage all the time. He's yelling back insults. He's really good at fighting his own battles. We don't need to have every single election be a battle about whether Donald Trump is a, a good guy or a bad guy. We already know pretty much everybody's made up their mind on that one. So let me go through some of this stuff from this weekend. I want to I want to start here with a typical Joe Biden moment. This is what Joe Biden does all the time. I'm going to start back to the September 1st speech. This is the, the fires of hell speech, the soul of the nation speech, the birth of a nation speech. Uh, go back and look at that. This is uh, Joe Biden. This is basically the thesis statement of the first speech on September 1st. Listen. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Okay, that's a threat to this country. Now here he is, a full one day later. Do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? No, everyone, come on. You missed it. I don't consider any Trump Now, he's taking off his mic in the middle of this. Let me translate you uh, uh, some of the audio. Peter Ducey asked, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? Guys, come on. You keep trying to make that point. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat to the country. There is no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. So they I I. Who, how, could, how could you make both of these statements at the same time? Another thing they were trying to do was draw this line between the MAGA Republicans and other Republicans that they deem to be acceptable. Uh, however, the Republican Party, they are saying, is dominated by MAGA Republicans. So he's basically calling the entire Republican Party evil and a threat to the country. But no Trump supporter is also a threat to the country. These things make no sense together. You can't have both of these thoughts 24 hours apart from each other. They make no sense whatsoever. Is that him backing down? Did he forget what he said before? It's hard to even remember. He's so incredibly divisive. Nikki Haley made this point. She said, Biden is the most condescending president of my lifetime. He's done nothing to unite the nation, nothing to bring healing, nothing to alleviate the pains of millions of Americans are feeling every day. He's been a divider in chief and come November, he must hear from all of us. Well, that's probably, uh, that would be a good start here, wouldn't it? He really should hear from all of us. Um, Let me go through a little bit more from what happened this weekend, because is he the most condescending president we've seen in a long time? I don't know. Watch this exchange. You tell me. All right. God love you. Let him go. Let him go. Heckler in the crowd. No, 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 no. Don't let let him go. He's look. Everybody's entitled to be an idiot. No, no. Everybody's entitled. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that was actually an incredible moment. I, I don't. I don't know if this is going to work. I do know 
that there's a pretty fundamental math equation being uh, attempted here by the Democrats. What they see is a country that has about half the country really loving Donald Trump and about half the country really hating Donald Trump. And they say, you know what is a lot better than our current situation? 50-50. 50-50 looks like wonderful pasture compared to where we are. When we've run the country so terribly that I've got a 37% approval rating and I'm trying to run an election in that environment, what if we go to a 50-50 issue? One side, Donald Trump, loves, the everyone side loves Donald Trump, one side hates Donald Trump. We can convert my 37% approval to about a 50 in moments if all we do is talk about Donald Trump. Now the problem with this, of course, from the Republican side is Donald Trump also really likes to talk about Donald Trump. So he's out there talking about himself all the time. Joe Biden's talking about uh, Donald Trump all the time. And now we have an election in 2022 that should be about inflation. It should be about the border. It should be about Ukraine. It should be about Afghanistan. It should be about the economy. It should be about all these other things. But instead, it is about Donald Trump, who's not in office. Donald Trump was not in office to illegally give away a trillion dollars without asking Congress. He wasn't he wasn't in office for that. He wasn't in office for a a period of time where they did a a, eviction moratorium that was overruled by the Supreme Court. And then Biden did it again anyway. He wasn't around for that stuff. He wasn't around for a lot. He wasn't around for the one point nine trillion dollars that caused a lot of this inflation. He was around for some of the spending. Wasn't around for that part of it. Wasn't around for the one point one trillion dollar infrastructure plan. He wasn't around for all of these things. The the Inflation Reduction Act and the hundreds of billions of dollars they spent on X, Y and Z. He wasn't around for a lot of that stuff. Joe Biden was around for it. Biden was the president when all this stuff happened. Biden is the one who, if you want to talk about a president that should be held accountable in this election, it's Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. He's not even president. But yet this is what they're attempting to do. They're trying to derail all the actual issues, things that are actually happening to people with this mythology that Donald Trump is somehow in control of the country when neither he nor his party have any power at all. They're all out of power right now, all of them. But this is the nonsensical thing that the media will continue to support. And here's the thing. The the left wants this so badly. They want it. They can taste it. I've talked to you about the election. We'll continue to go through it here in the coming weeks. Once I get back from vacation, we'll probably be on a weekly update type of uh, scenario going into the election and what's going to happen in the election. But like the left and and this this idea that they're going to push momentum and, and, and talk about it enough in the media to make it real. This is their plan right now. Talk about Donald Trump a lot and then talk about how much momentum there is behind Joe Biden. Despite the fact we have a segment called Biden's newest low airing in this program today. They're just going to keep telling you it's true and then hope that it becomes true right now. Not really true. There's bits and pieces of evidence that they've had a little bit of a bump, but that's about it. I want you to listen to how desperate and pathetic the mainstream media is right now trying to will this Biden momentum, this Joe-mentum into existence. This is from The Daily. And and you might say, okay, The Daily, it's the New York Times. It's the number one podcast in America. Okay. This is what they're doing on the number one podcast in America right now. This is the sort of thing they're telling their audience. It appears Democrats and White House staffers are trying to rebrand President Biden by turning Let's Go Brandon into a pro-Biden meme. Is replace by the sunglasses wearing dark Brandon of right now. 
the dark brand meme was originally an internet meme intended to make fun of Joe Biden, but now it's being used to celebrate him. Mm. Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates tweeted this, dark Brandon is crushing it, mm. along with an image of Biden with red laser eyes. <laughs> People are now unironically loving dark Brandon. Oh. Dark Brandon's an ass kicker and doesn't mm. care about anything and uh, will break the rules to go punish Republicans, right? And to fight back and to get things done. You see, guys, it's Dark Brandon and everyone's on board for it. They love the Dark Brandon laser eyes. Everybody thinks Joe Biden is now cool and you're supposed to believe that. That's supposed to be something you take seriously as if it's actually happening. And by the way, I love the embrace of, oh, well, Joe Biden will break the rules. He took an oath not to break the rules. It's literally his job not to break the rules. He was, un he was in front of the entire country saying he, thou shalt, he had his hand on a Bible when he said he wouldn't break the rules. Like, for example, spending a trillion dollars without going through Congress. Oh, isn't it funny? He's got laser eyes. He's got cool sunglasses. Uh, does anybody believe this crap? Uh, Biden went on to talk about the contrast of MAGA Republicans to the rest of the world, watch. But here's the point. The biggest contrast from what MAGA Republicans, the extreme right, the, 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 the Trumpies, they want to go to Congress. These MAGA Republicans in Congress are coming for your Social Security as well. Now look, there are a lot of criticisms of Donald Trump that make sense, okay? You might have some of them yourself. You might think, hey, I don't like Donald Trump does X, Y, or Z. But that, the fact that Donald Trump does not spend enough money is not one of them. It's, he never focused on spending at all. It was basically eliminated from his platform. He stood on stage with all the other Republicans in the primary and said, I can't believe these guys want to cut Social Security. It was his differentiating moment in the primary was to say people like Ted Cruz wanted to cut Social Security and they wanted to uh, they wanted to cut spending uh, on these big programs. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cut your Medicare. I'm not going to cut your Medicaid. I'm not going to cut your Social Security. That was Donald Trump's campaign. And he, of course, stuck to that in the White House. And spending was much, much higher than I'm comfortable with. This is just what they do, right? This is just what they do. Um, let me give you uh, this one on unions. Yes, Joe Biden still... Kamala won't eat grapes if unions tell her not to. And Joe Biden has some thoughts on unions as well. Unions are more, have more support more, today more. in American public opinion than any time in 60 years. Mm, really, really? Key, it's a key way to building the economy, to is grow it? us from the bottom up and the middle out. I'm so sick and tired of trickle-down economics. Oh, yeah. That trickle-down economics really gave us only 50 years of incredible uh, growth and economic prosperity. Unions, of course, going away was a big chunk of that, and that has been a very, very good thing. Notice all the companies, when they come to our country, wind up, uh, when, when places like Japanese automakers come to this country, they don't build in high union states, they build in places that they can sensibly run a business. And can you believe this guy's, can you believe this guy is sitting here praising unions after what we just saw with the teachers unions? After what we after we held an entire generation of children at gunpoint uh, because the unions had so much power. Now is the time he's praising teachers unions and other unions as well. It's really incredible. Uh, also, the GOP in Congress, which I should remind you, has 
no power whatsoever to do anything. They're just a bunch of people showing up to a job that we pay them for to do basically nothing. That's that's our Congress, except for occasionally going the other way and siding with Joe Biden so we can spend another trillion dollars. Here is uh, Biden talking about the GOP in Congress. The extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate and division. But together we can and we must choose a different path. And this is it. This is the unity he's talking about. And that same daily uh, podcast that I mentioned earlier went on to describe a new type of unity that Joe Biden's going for. And you might think, wait a minute, didn't he just call half of the country uh, threats to the nation? Didn't he just say that they were massive threats to the country, that they were going to destroy the country? He's talking about half the nation, half the people in it that support uh, more conservative policies. Didn't that just happen? Didn't I just watch that with the fiery background? And the, I think there was bats flying by in the middle of the speech. Remember that? You're supposed to forget about that and now think that this is not a divisive speech. It's just a new kind of unity. I want you to try to just put on put on your leotard and practice these mental gymnastics with the hosts of The Daily. He is now trying to pitch a version of unity that unites Democrats, independents, and Republicans who are frustrated with their own party, of which there are some, against the Trump and Trumpism wing. It reminds me of Game of Thrones, where the person on the Iron Throne tells everyone to put their grievances aside to unite against White Walkers, right? Right. There is a pitch that he is trying to make that says no matter all of those differences, the biggest threat to the country is this anti-democracy wing. And this is a critical and urgent time to unite against them. That is a message of unity. Mm. But that is not the message of unity that Joe Biden started his presidency with. Yeah, it's a new kind of unity. It's a new kind of unity in which the Democrats have all the power to decide which side is good in the uh, equation. And look, if you just unite with Joe Biden and the things that Joe Biden wants, then you're good. If you oppose them, then you're bad. So the new kind of unity will be Democrats and independents and some Republicans that will agree with Democrats on one side and they will unite apparently to uh, to go against the other side. In other words, you can be united, but you have to be united with the stuff that Joe Biden wants. And if you don't unite on that, then you're evil and you're a threat to the country. This is why I call it an assault. It was this Labor Day assault. It's going to be going on until the election. An assault on logic, an assault on intelligence, and an assault on the constitutional republic we claim to have. Take your summer adventures to the next level with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections. Yes, Bespoke Post partners with small businesses, emerging brands uh, all across the country to give you the most unique goods every single month from camping gear essentials to beach day and travel must-haves. Box of Awesome has everything you need for summer. I actually happen to know at home right now waiting for me my latest box of awesome. 
haven't opened it yet. I'm very excited to find out what's in it because this is kind of the, the fun of these things. You know, they come, you don't know what's in there. You don't really know exactly what it is, but I can tell you it's always going to be really, really cool and you're going to love it. And a lot of times it's stuff that you didn't even know existed, frankly. Sometimes I get stuff, I'm like, I didn't even know this brand was a thing, but it's great stuff. And I learn about a whole new, uh, a whole new brand, a whole new line of stuff that I, that I really like. And then I wind up, of course, um, going to their website and buying more stuff. Anyway, boxofawesome.com. Your answers, uh, if you go there, you go take a little quiz, your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70. But as I said, I got one sitting at home right now. I guarantee when I open it, it's going to be a lot more than $70. Every time I've seen it, at least. I can't, I can't tell you for sure, but they say it's at least $70. I've never seen one that low. It's always more than that. Uh, it's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel every time, or anytime you want. Uh, get 20% off your first monthly box right now when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and use the code STU at checkout. It's boxofawesome.com. The code is STU. 20% off your first box right now at boxofawesome.com. Code is STU. Let's bring in Dan Andros. He's the managing editor for CBN and Faithwire.com and host of CBN's Quick Start. He's also involved with a GoFundMe for one of the most unbelievable set of circumstances any one family could face or endure. We'll get to that here in just a second. Dan, thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, let, let me start with the Biden speech. Any reaction to what he's been doing over the weekend and his, I don't know, his change of tone from the lovable, huggable Joe Biden of the past? Well, it really gives me a sense, Stu, when you see him come out and, of course, with the backdrop that was soundly mocked, which, by the way, I saw when I pointed it out on Twitter and a few of my tweets were getting some interest. Um, they were like, wow, there, there was a wide shot of it. Yeah. And it was it was zoomed out. And I'm like, literally none of the <laughs> networks carried that. There was one fixed shot. So it's great that some AP reporter got the shot. But no one saw that. <laughs> no one Everyone saw the red and blue. They only saw the red, the hellish they only red. Saw red. the red. And somebody on Biden's team either is incompetent and didn't know that that's what the camera shot looked like, or they did it intentionally. Um, so anyway, so for him to come out and then give that dramatic speech, calling all MAGA Republicans a threat to the country, then the next day, when directly asked about it, saying, "Eh, no, no, I didn't, no they're not a threat. What are you talking about?" You just said that. I just get the sense that Joe Biden is, and it's sad. It really is sad. Like he just doesn't, they're telling him what to say. And I, I don't even think he's really registering or connecting the dots onto the things he's saying. Like he has a general idea, like, okay, we're going to give a speech and we're going to talk about Trump Republicans and yada, yada. I, I really just don't think he connects all the dots. He's being told what to say for the most part by speechwriters, his team, whatever. And he's just going along with it. It doesn't seem like he's doing a good job of trying to put a coherent, cohesive, <laughs> consistent message together for the administration. Yeah, and I, I will say that that's a plausible explanation as to what we've seen from him. I, the only thing I don't like about it is it does absolve of him some responsibility here. And I, I think you know, he is legitimately coming out here and doing things that are blatantly unconstitutional. unconstitutional. Um, and he is vilifying half the country, and he deserves yeah. a lot of the blame for that. I want to move on to um, Mississippi here for a second. We have a story in Jackson, Mississippi, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, it's been an, an environmental uh, issue here with people not being able to get water at all, even to bathe in, no clean water available. And we've learned over the weekend the cause of this. It's not 
Uh, it's not the fact that we had trillions and trillions of dollars to spend, but no one did anything to help the water system here. Uh, it was environmental racism. Yeah, this is from Kat Ten Barge, who I just learned about this weekend from her going viral on Twitter. Uh, she's the tech and culture reporter for NBC News, according to her bio. And uh, yeah, she this is what she wrote. And this this tweet went really viral. She said, you know, more people need to be talking about it, blah, blah, blah. Eighty percent of the um, residents there are black in the in this largest city. Their water systems failing because of years of neglect. This is environmental racism was the conclusion. And uh, that's just like, you know, she walked up to a ravine that's about 400 miles wide and then just made this leap to try to connect them <laughs> uh, using some dental floss or something like I, it, they don't connect. I mean, and there's no, you have to, if you're going to make that case, you really got to lay it out. And then when I saw people <laughs> questioning her on it, she said, Hey, I went to college and studied this stuff. This is what it is. It's environmental racism. Like that's not a good argument. That's not a justification for this amazing claim. Yeah, well, people, uh, but, go, people going to college and, and learning this stuff and then blindly believing it the rest of their lives as they go into journalism is actually the problem. Like that's what yeah. you're identifying here is a major problem in our country. Yeah. And and also, too, I mean, the, the city has been run by Democrats for a long time. A, a lot of the government is made up of African-Americans. So are they racist against themselves? Their counter to that is just, well, it's at a state level. Well, the so they just kick the can down the road and then, well, it's got to be some oppression somewhere along the line. Definitely not them there on the city level. Can't be them. It's it has to be um, up on the up on the state level. So it's just it seems like they start with the conclusion and then just try to make everything else fit. Yeah, that's, ex that's exactly what they're doing. I went back and looked at this. Now, at some point, the the party identification is is difficult to track down. But I, I, I looked back at least until 1949 and has been a Democrat uh, every single time. The only exception to this was a guy who was a Democrat while he was mayor and then later turned into a Republican like 10 years later. That's as close as you can get to any Republican leadership in the in the city of Jackson. And like, look, yes, at some level, uh, we unfortunately depend on the state or federal government for funding for some of this stuff. But first of all, we spent uh, Democrats have passed a lot of spending bills uh, through this period. They could have helped if they really wanted to. And secondarily, it's up to the people the, in the town to to make this into an issue that rises to the level that it, it requires that sort of funding. We've seen this happen over and over again. It's not it's not racism. It's it's that's not what it is. It is a a, a, a confluence of events that has happened over a very long period of time. And you see other cities go through this as well that are not 80 percent black. We, you know, we've seen this, uh, you know, even New York City had issues with this for a while, um, which is, uh, you know, certainly Manhattan is home to every rich person in America. So it doesn't seem like that 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 uh, critique fits as well as she thinks it does. No. no. And this is a pattern here, Stu, with Democrats. They take issues. And I feel like this is something they really lean into because they can you can give them they, you give them an inch and they take eight billion miles with it. But they come up with these vague sort of problems that are unsolvable or at least it's you can't prove that it exists fully or you can't prove that it's ever going away. I mean, climate change is the perfect example. Mm. I mean, I saw a headline uh, this weekend about doomsday glaciers. Now, 
we're getting banned for saying things like men can't get pregnant, but CNN and everyone else can run a headline that says doomsday glaciers. <laughs> that I mean, that is Alex Jones level. Put the tinfoil hat on. There is a doomsday glacier floating around ready to end the earth on everybody. That's nuts. But they've convinced everyone by, well, this is climate change. It's a problem. And you can't disprove it. You can't prove it. And they just talk about it, you know, all the time and until everyone is now afraid to oppose it because now you're a denier of something that you can't even prove really uh, is going to happen or not happen. They've been I mean, climate scientists have been proven wrong multiple times in the past from the, the ice age, the coming ice age. And they just excuse it and say, well, we didn't know technology then. Anyway, hmm. it's this pattern of sort of unprovable things and they make it a flagship issue. And then there's just no way you can argue against it. The, the oppression is is another perfect example of that. You can just assign anything and, and put any problem and say, well, that's because of uh, racism or oppression. And, you know, you can make a case, but it's just going to be one of these ambiguous things that it just kind of is always floating out there. Like when Barack Obama saying he created or saved a bazillion jobs, like, well, that's a theory. Right. But right. then the Democratic media then just runs with it and just makes it a fact. This is why they love these issues. This is why you can make a lot of money being an anti-racist uh, educator for uh, corporations. Like you can always just come in here and just blame this ethereal sort of uh, oppression or structural racism and fit whatever is going on in the news today into that hole. It's just often, often a square peg for a round hole. And it, it's just they're forcing it in. Um, yeah. I mean, there could be kernels of truth in there. Like any good yeah. conspiracy theory, there's going to be some nugget of truth. And so, uh, you know, of course, our, with our country's history, there's going to be times where uh, African-Americans are disadvantaged in certain areas. So there will be truths there. But they, again, you give them an inch and they take eight billion miles with it. Yeah, and, and clearly it was true at one point. It's just, you know, we're, we're, we're at a different point in our history. Um, yeah. Another thing that we're seeing a lot of is the oppression of drag queens. Now, drag queens, all they want to do is come out, put on a fancy show for some kids. You know, totally innocent, totally, uh, totally safe for children. And they just apparently want to do this. Every day, every other day, how many drag shows are there? We had this big one here in Roanoke, Texas that made a lot of news. There was more over the weekend. How did I just miss this the whole rest of my life? Is this new? What is this phenomenon? Drag queen shows for kids. I mean, can we just yearn for the good old days when a strip club was a concrete building with no walls and it was kind of like if no somebody windows, went in no there and wanted there. to go in there, they just shame themselves and park. Ah, there's Jim. He's he's over there at the park in the back, Jim. park in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we've lost all shame in regards to that in this society and to the point now we're beyond just regular strip shows. Now we've got transgenders out there. And to your point, Stu, I cannot believe how many videos I'm seeing. Like, all right, one freak show out there somewhere with people being weird. That happens. But every day I'm seeing five new videos of this and parents taking their kids to this and cheering and then making them involved in it. I mean, this is wicked stuff here. I mean, this is child abuse. I've just been reading through Isaiah in, in my Bible reading and it's I just went through the verse, woe to them who call good evil and evil good. We're living that right now, guys. We're, we are living that. I don't know how you can possibly deny that. My mind is just permanently blown when I'm seeing people stand up there and celebrate kids twerking. I mean, it's just disgusting. Uh, and then 
Another thing I'll throw up, aside from the obvious perversion of all this, Stu, and, and the wickedness of it all on just a base level, why are people cheering for this? Like, you're not doing anything with any discernible talent. You're literally just standing up there in a costume. Maybe you're bending over. Right. Why is that applaudable? Like, they're not singing a song to, with a talent. They're not playing an instrument. They're not doing something with some discernible value to it at all aside from again it's a strip show i get it but there's nothing there you're just cheering somebody degrading themselves that's a, you know i will say i've heard a lot of takes on this i have not heard that take yet and you're totally right like it, the drag show thing doesn't seem to be much of a show outside of it being wrong for children it just doesn't seem all that entertaining maybe that's just our cultural bias here dan and maybe we have to chalk it up to that i i, I don't know um hey uh, before we go i want to i want to uh, get into this incredible story in in Pennsylvania just a I mean just heart-wrenching um, you guys have been covering this on Faithwire and there's a GoFundMe of I want people to know about this can you can you walk us through the story yeah I appreciate that Stu these are friends of ours and this is how I became aware of it because we're close to them in our church and you know everyone's familiar with cancer cancer touches so many lives and so a friend of ours she's a young mom of three she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and cervical cancer. So this is she's been going through chemo and battling that. And that's been tough enough because she's already in the middle of this. She's self-employed, a photographer, and she uh, has her mom that they're caring for who's bedridden and has dementia. And so she's you know, that's a full time job in and of itself. So then you put the cancer on top of this. They also have a nine month old child. So, you know, very, very a lot going on. Then last week, we learned that their four-year-old son had stomach pains. They rushed him to the ER. They find a big tumor on his kidney. He has cancer as well. So I, when that happened, I just, you know, you just fall on your knees and pray. And um, and so the GoFundMe was started because they, they really can't work right now because she's a photographer. He's self-employed. Um, and so they're spending all their attention. Uh, little Wes is in the... Uh, uh, he's in the hospital now getting surgery uh, today. And so that's going on. Now. All of their energy is on that. And so you know, we're doing what we can as a as a church to sort of rally around them and help them. Her photography community is helping them as well. So that's been that's been a positive. But I just honestly, how much can one family deal with at this point? It's it's unbelievable uh, what they're going through, but they're clinging to their faith in the midst of this. And so it's been um, obviously sorrowful to see them go through this, but also I'm inspired by their faith and how they're walking through it as well. Yeah, I mean, it really is an amazing story. I can't even imagine these this many things happening in this close succession. Uh, it, it does, I will say, hit you uh, as you start thinking, maybe I should be complaining about less stuff in my yeah. life, you know? I mean, I think maybe I might want to uh, maybe focus on the more important things, uh, but you can help this family uh, out at uh, GoFundMe. Do you have the address, Dan, uh, there? Well, if you go to faithwire.com, the fund, the uh, GoFundMe is in the article that we have there on her. Okay. Um, and so you can you can find it in there. I don't know what the exact address of the GoFundMe is there, but it's in that article. So if you go to Faithwire and look for the article, her name is Nicole Roche, and our son is Wes. So and Wes is hilarious. He is just a hilarious kid. He's uh, he's he's very funny and uh, bubbly and just just a fun kid to be around. So um, you know, obviously it wouldn't matter either way. If, 
but he's he's great. We love him, and so it's just a tough situation. Yeah, it would be weird if you came out and like, like you know, look, we just don't like the kid. Uh, that <laughs> that would be a weird stance to take in the middle of this. But we do appreciate it, Dan. I know this is a this is a really important story, and uh, I, man, it just uh, some sometimes it's good to connect with with. Real world, real world problems, real life. Uh, Dan Andros, managing editor for CBN and Faithwire.com. He's a host of CBN's Quick Start. Great podcast you can get every morning. Make sure you subscribe to it. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show. And people can get the information at Faithwire.com. Yep, thanks for having me. Whether you're working hard, whether you're, you've got young kids that you're chasing around all the time, whether you're a gym rat, you're at the gym all the time, you may get uh, that moment where you just kind of run out of energy. And that's difficult to deal with, especially as you get older. It happens earlier and earlier. I want to tell you about tart ger- cherry gummies. They're, uh, they're great. They're from Super Beats, uh, Super Beats Heart Chews. Uh, they make a great product that helps you, and we've talked about them before. Uh, but this, these, char- these cherry things are fantastic because they're an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise or hard work or, you know, if you're outside working in your yard all day and you're feeling it, uh, it's great. And it supports your metabolic health as well. These gummies are made with a clinically studied tart cherry extract that's up to 40 times more concentrated than many of the others on the market. And that means you're going to uh, get the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. I like the cherries. I'll eat the cherries. A hundred of them is pushing it uh, here, so you don't have to worry about that. They're vegan, non-GMO. They have zero sugar, and uh, they're delicious as well. They're formulated by a team of scientists uh, led by a Nobel Prize-winning doctor. Tart cherry has been clinically studied to support metabolic health, and they come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can try them risk-free for 90 days. Uh, 90 days. They're giving you a nice trial here. And see if you, how you feel. If you don't like them, you need to send them back. No questions asked. But you're going to love them. You're going to love them. Uh, right now, you can get to 35% off uh, cherry gummies plus free shipping at mytartcherry.com slash stew. This is their best offer available anywhere. Mytartcherry.com slash stew for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. It's mytartcherry.com slash stew. The 2020 election was a tad chaotic. Does anybody remember this? Just a little bit. If you didn't watch closely, you may not have seen it. You may have missed it. But it was a tad chaotic. And I will say, if you remember the constant chaos from the 2020 election, I'm sure 2022 is going to be completely fine. Uh, But the 2020 chaos, uh, if you watch this show, you may have felt a little bit less of it. Why? Because if you watch this show, I prepared you for the hellscape that was coming long before most other shows. Why? Well, we talked about the election quite a bit. We like to do a lot of election analysis as we get close. Last year, we were able to get the electoral uh, vote count exactly right, 306 to 232, I think it was, uh, the show right before the election. We got it. We nailed that exactly. Uh, And as much as that kind of sucked for the country, uh, it's important to make sure that you kind of understand what's going on behind the polls, what's going on behind the narratives that you see on Twitter and all the other stuff. So we're going to be doing lots of election coverage as we get closer to 2020. We'll break all this stuff down so you know what's important, what's kind of BS, what's media spin, what's media spin on our side and their side. We'll try to watch it as close as possible and keep you updated. The best way to keep up to date is by subscribing to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew, blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew and save yourself 10 bucks. It's blazetv.com slash stew.
So do you like a good snack throughout the day, but you'd rather not pack on the pounds doing it? Well, there's great news. Built Bar is here. They're here to save the day. They've got a zillion different flavors. My wife gets these all the time. She was like the original Built Bar fan. Don't let Glenn Beck tell you, oh, I found these things. I discovered them. No, we didn't. Lisa discovered them. And then Lisa told Tanya and then Tanya told Glenn and Tanya harangued Glenn to actually eat them. But they've got great flavors on the board all the time. Coconut mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, so many more. And they've got new ones coming out all the time. All the time, new flavors. They're like flavor innovators over there at Built Bar. You can get a mixed box where you can get two each of their nine regular flavors. They have up to 18 grams of protein, 180 calories or less. Most of them are like more like 130, 140. Uh, only four or five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs. You wouldn't know that they are healthy by tasting them because they taste great. You can take care of your sweet tooth and still be healthy with Built Bar. The new URL is built.com. Built.com. You can use the promo code STU15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. Have you heard? The Democratic Party has lots of momentum right now, and they're about to win the midterms. Remember that? And Joe Biden's becoming very popular. The dark Brandon meme is really catching on, everybody. Do you, have you heard that? Do you believe it? Well, let me... Uh, let me, uh, let me give you some facts here. Okay, here's the latest poll, interactive polls. Uh, this, is, uh, this is among independents. It's a new low. Yes, it's another segment of Joe Biden's newest low. Here it is, independents, 26.7% approve of his presidency. Independence. I mean, how is it? Here's the, uh, here's the actual chart, and you just see it's a constant. Now, is it, I guess it's uh, technically maybe not his lowest he's ever shown up. But it's darn close to it. He's basically got his historical lows. And this does not seem like a guy who has any momentum or Joe-mentum or anything resembling Joe-mentum. The guy is terrible. No one cares about the dark Brandon meme. No one even knows it exists, okay? No one knows it exists. No one, no one thinks it's cool. The left can't do this stuff very well. They're terrible at it. And we'll see how that works out in, uh, in November. Again, I, my general thesis on this whole situation is... Like, oh, the Dobbs situation has changed all electoral politics. B.S. I don't believe it yet. Maybe, maybe it'll turn out to be true. But my belief is, honestly, the opposite is true. It, it energized Democrats before Republicans because, it, you know, it changed their situation more than, you know, for Republicans who weren't probably getting abortions all that often. And, you know, the bottom line is at the end of the day, Republicans are going to be fired up for this election. I will be shocked if they are not. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is kind of seeing the writing on the wall. She says that she, eh, well, look, she may very well lose the House speakership. So what if instead of doing more work, she gave, she became the ambassador to Italy? Now, I'm pretty sure she just went on vacation to Italy. That's where we saw those wonderful, luscious pictures of her and her uh, friends. Um, but if you if you miss that one, you'll have to go Google that one yourself. And I want to give you a real problem we have in our country. There are just just too there's, look too many jobs are being affected by this economy. And I want you to give the I don't have a precise number on it, but Corinne Jean Pierre does. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office, uh, which is the fastest job growth in history. So you're asking me, where's the success? Here it is. Wait, let me finish. Wait, wait, hold on. 10,000 million jobs. Now, I will say, if that were true, it would be the fastest anyone had ever created jobs. Unfortunately, it is not true. We do not have 10,000 million jobs uh, here. Absolutely no awareness. 
that she even made the mistake because she's absolutely terrible at this job. Take a moment to subscribe and rate and review the podcast if you would. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. If you're watching on YouTube, click like right now. Drop an algorithmic engagement comment below. We very much would appreciate it. And uh, check out the uh, merch store, studosmerch.com. 62422 merch is there as well. There's a bunch of other fun stuff. Uh, you can use the promo code STU10 to save 10%. We'll see you tomorrow.